0: Hello, Cathedral family. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. God is good. And all the time, let's give God praise. Amen. Well, another day we have to honor God. I want to welcome you, those here on campus, wherever you're at, here in the main building, the chapel, the coffee shop out at the amphitheater, those that are watching online Our different campuses around the Bay Area. So glad that you're with us this weekend. We are in a series in the book of Proverbs looking at how we can grow in wisdom and become a people of wisdom. Wisdom is different than having knowledge. Knowledge is good, but we need more than knowledge. I saw a sign that explained it this way. Knowledge is knowing a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting it in a fruit salad. (laughs) See, you can have knowledge, but we need more than knowledge. We need wisdom. Wisdom is having divine insight to know how life tends to work best. It's having divine insight into the decisions you and I face every day. What college should I go to after high school? Or oh, should I marry this person that I've been dating? What kind of career should I pursue? What, what should I do with the kids? How much freedom should I give them at this stage of life? How should I try to resolve this conflict at work? Should I hire this person? Is this the kind of person who's trustworthy? These are all decisions boy, that we face and what we need in life. We need more than knowledge. We need wisdom, divine insight as we wrestle with these decisions. And so that's why the Bible makes this kind of statement about wisdom. It's our memory verse for the entire series. I hope you'll commit it to memory. Read it out loud with me. Let's fill this place with the word of God. Everybody say it. Getting wisdom is the most important thing you can do. Whatever else you get, get insight. Love wisdom, and she will make you great. Can we read that last part together? Love wisdom, and she will make you great. One more time. Say it with all your heart. Love wisdom, and she will make you great. Did you see that wisdom is described as a she? all the women said that's to make up for my joke from last week amen well last week we talked about wisdom and our words for the next few moments i want to talk to you about wisdom and guidance wisdom and guidance we need guidance how can we have wisdom and guidance and to kick things off i want to show you a video but to introduce the video and set the context I'm going to ask my good buddy, my just great friend and teammate. I want you to give Dr. Wayne a great big welcome back up. Dr. Wayne, come on
1: up. Well, Pastor Ken, for my birthday, your daughter Lauren and her husband Daniel and Kyle and Christina Martin bought me a special gift that was on my bucket list. And it was to take a trapeze lesson at Trapeze Arts in Oakland. And I was so excited, I couldn't wait to get up there. But once I got there, the more I got closer to the moment, the more scary it was. In fact, the higher I ascended on the ladder, the lower my confidence got. Until I got up to the top, and they have you get up there, and you lean way over And it's like once you make that lean of giving up the center of gravity, there's no going back. And they kept saying, okay, just relax. We'll tell you what to do. And I'm thinking, yeah, this is really high. I don't know if I can do this. This is crazy. Maybe I should go back down. And then they have you bend your knees. And then, woo, off you're swinging. And as fun as it feels, there's this letting go. Letting go of your center of gravity. Letting go of the solid ground. Letting go of your confidence, but then it got worse. They wanted me to let go of something else. Take a look at the video and you'll see. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Let go of those knees.
1: Go. Go, 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 go.
2: Keep going.
0: Hands up. Look up, look up, look up, look up. 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 There we go. Nice. No, that
3: flexibility was hurt.
1: So as if letting go of the ground and letting go of the bar wasn't enough, next thing you know they have you letting go of the bar and grabbing the guy's hands. And I need to tell you, I believe I can fly. It was so
0: great. How about a big hand for Dr. Wang? Yeah. Thank you, doctor. What an awesome experience. I have to live my life since my surgery vicariously through my friends. But to to get up on that bar and to let go. I, I mean, that really is the message for the weekend. He just preached the sermon. Because the sermon is about letting go. Letting go and letting God. Letting go. Stretching out your arms and letting the mighty arms of God catch you letting go and letting God this is the theme of the most famous passage in the book of Proverbs I'm going to invite you to stand wherever you're at and we're going to read this together Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 It's my dad's favorite Proverbs and dad, I'm preaching it for you today, but everybody else can listen in too. It reads this way, would you say it with me? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Let's read it one more time. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Can we give God praise for his word, amen? You've heard of the meat of the word and the milk of the word. Think of Proverbs as the hard candy of the word. With hard candy, you can't swallow it too fast or chew it too fast. You just have to set it there and savor it on your tongue. And for the next few moments, I invite us to do that together, to take Proverbs 3, savor it on our tongue, and see how the message of this Proverbs can get into us and change our lives this week to let go and to let God. Father, thank you so much for this wonderful group of people here at Cathedral of Faith. I believe we're not here by chance or accident or even at a habit, although coming to church is a good habit. But God, we're here because you've drawn us into this moment so that we can take a leap of faith today, put our trust in you. So God, lead, guide, and direct us. Speak to us, we pray this weekend. Show us where we need to let go so that we can this week be changed by the power of your spirit working through your word. In Jesus' name we declare it. All God's people said, Amen. one more time, can we give God praise? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let go. Say that with me. Let, Let go. go. Say it again. Let, Let. Go. Shout it out. Let, Let go. Let me hear it from the amphitheater. Let go. That's the sermon for the weekend. What do you need to let go of? To let go and to let God. Before you're seated, look at someone and tell them, let go. Go ahead. Let go. Let go. Today's the day we learn to let go. Oh, my. One more service to go, amen. (laughs) Let go and let God. Where do you need to let go this weekend? First of all, look with me at letting go and trusting. Right off the bat, this is what we read in Proverbs. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Another translation puts it this way, trust the Lord completely and don't depend on your own knowledge. With every step you take, think about what he wants and he will help you go the right way. Trust in the Lord completely, wholeheartedly. This is what it looks like to let go. It's climbing up that ladder Stepping out onto the platform, grabbing the bar, swinging into the open air, and letting go (laughs) with outstretched arms, trusting that God's arms are strong enough and good enough to catch you and to hold you. It's a powerful picture of what it looks like to trust. I I was reading about this famous trapeze family, the road and the interview was done with the guy who's the key flyer. He's the one who's flying here and flying there. And he said in the interview, he said, you know, I'm the flyer, but I'm not really the star of the show. The catcher is the one who's the real star of the show. The catcher is. And then he went on to say this, he said, a flyer must fly and a catcher must catch. And the flyer must trust with outstretched arms that his catcher will be there for him. And that is what trust looks like it swings out into the air, lets go, and as a flyer, we trust in the outstretched arms of God and we put the full weight of our life in his hands, and we trust him that he is strong enough and good enough to take care of our past and our present and our future. Can we give him praise, amen? Hallelujah. See, that's what wholehearted, complete, unconditional trust looks like. And that's what Proverbs is calling us to do. It sounds easy until you get, you climb that ladder like Dr. Wayne did and you step out onto the edge of the platform and oh my, letting go then? Are you kidding me? I heard about a man who was walking he loved to hike and he's walking along a mountainside and he slipped and he starts sliding and he goes over the edge of this cliff. And as he's falling, he grabs onto a branch that was sticking out from the side of the mountain. And now here he is dangling in midair. You know, 500 feet above him is, well, the edge of the cliff, the top of the cliff. A thousand feet below him is the bottom of the cliff. And he's dangling in midair. He doesn't know what to do. And so he shouts, is anybody up there? And he hears a voice that says, yes, there is. And the man says, who is this? And the voice says, it's God. And the man says, that is awesome. God, can you help me? And God says, yes, I can. Do you trust me? And the man said, of course I trust you, God. And God says, if you trust me, let go of the branch. Excuse me? Let go of the branch. The man says, is there anybody else up there I can talk to? Right? We know how that works itself out in real life. Trust God wholeheartedly but then we grab that bar and we lean out over the edge and I don't know, trust him and let go of my resentment and trust him that God is the one who will make things right in the end? What, trust him and let go of that bad relationship? Trusting that God will take care of my future. I don't know, trusting and let go of my addiction. I've had it so long, it defines me. But trusting and let go, that God can help you take hold of your sobriety. See, trusting in this moment, it can be difficult. But what Proverbs urges us to do well, is to come to God and to, with our whole hearts, unreservedly, unconditionally, put our faith and trust in Him. That we climb out the ladder, we swing out into the air, and we let go. And we trust God with our past and with our present and with our future. And we say to God, What you want, when you want, where you want. What you want, where you want, when you want. Would you say that with me? What you want, where you want, when you want. Say it again. What you want, when you want, where you want. We believe that your arms are good enough and strong enough to take care of of our future. Can we give God praise? Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Let go. Say that with me. Let go. Boy, letting go. It sounds easy, but when it comes to letting go, Proverbs says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. He's the catcher. We're the flyers. Let go and lean. Lean. Look at what the Bible says about leaning. Leaning, it puts it this way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Another paraphrase of that reads this way. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to do, figure out everything on your own. I saw this button that a kid had written on. I like talking about dreams. And here's what he wrote. He said, follow your dreams unless your dream is dumb. Get a better one. You know, kids, they just shoot straight with you. You know how you end up with a dumb dream? Let me show you. You become self-reliant. You take hold of the bar and you hold on to it. And you trust in yourself. And you are self-reliant. The Proverbs makes this interesting. Well. Observation It says that the wise person is the person who really knows that they're a fool and so they look to God for divine help. But the foolish person, they think they are wise and so they don't look to God for divine help. The Bible puts it this way Do you see a person wise in their own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for them. Uh Uh-oh. That is why a person who wants to have wisdom when it comes to guidance, what they do is instead of being self-reliant, they become God-reliant. And they look to God, and they lean toward God. And as they lean toward God and the understanding that he gives to them, Well, a lot of times, most of the time, I would say it makes perfect sense. God gives us his understanding, and it makes perfect sense. It's practical, it's reasonable, it's logical, it makes perfect sense. But every once in a while, uh uh-oh, God gives you an understanding that has you scratching your head, and it doesn't seem to make sense, and that's when trust really kicks in. It takes trust. When God gives you understanding and it makes perfect sense, it does take some trust to still swing out and to let go. But when God gives you understanding and it doesn't make sense, wow! That's like grabbing the bar, swinging out, letting go with a blindfold on. That is when you really learn to trust. But even in those moments, when you trust in the arms of the catcher. My wife and I, we experienced this about 20 years ago. It's hard to believe, but Elisa and I have been married, uh, well, in a couple of weeks, it'll be 35 years. Can you believe that? Wow, how about a big hand for my wife? She's awesome. It's hard, it's hard to believe that 35 years. And 20 years ago, we were looking to move. Have you ever moved? Oh my, isn't that a lot of fun? I saw this one still that said, that ought to do it. We got this. We don't need no stinking U-Haul, right? I mean, we know that moving can be just a, a pain, but we felt that we needed to move. We wanted to get a house that had an extra room, extra bedroom in it, and so... Uh, we put our house on the market. Now, if you've been in the Bay Area for uh, any length of time, you know that the market is, it goes in cycles. I mean, it really does. And so the market 20 years ago was in this cycle where it took a long time to sell your house. I mean, we put it on the market and we didn't get an offer right away. Here's, you know, five offers with $100,000 over the offer. We waited a long time. And Well, we waited a long time, and we were looking. We waited a long time, we were looking. And finally, we got an offer for our home that was way below our asking price. And so we looked at that offer. At least it was an offer. But we said, we can't do that. First of all, we don't have anywhere to go. (laughs) And so let's do this. Let's throw a counteroffer back at them. Let's say we will accept full price or asking price and we want three months to still stay in the house they'll never accept that and guess what happened they did (laughs) and then we're in this situation these people are wanting the home but if we enter into this contract who does that who sells their home without having a place to go I mean, I have a family. We've got small kids. I don't do that kind of thing. It's not in my nature to take that kind of risk. And yet, Elisa and I both felt that at this moment, didn't all add up to us, but we felt that entering into this contract, that it was really about taking a step of faith and putting our trust in God. And so we decided to sell the home. We knew we were, well, we knew we were going somewhere. We just didn't know where yet. And so, so now the clock is ticking. Well, 90 days and 60 days and 30 days. And now I'm starting to sweat. I mean, did I mess up? Boy, I blew it this time. I'm looking for camper shells. You know, I've got to come up with a plan. And right before our time ran out, I get a call from my realtor, who's a part of the church, and he said, you're never going to believe this. He said, I've had my eye on a large piece of property for several years. It's my dream. And the property just opened up today. It's on the market. And what I would like to do, my wife and I have this brand-new home that we were getting ready to move into what if I buy that property and you move in to our brand new home? Can you say, Thank you, Jesus? Right? I mean, in that moment, and when we move in, well, it's already increased by $50,000. Can somebody say, Hallelujah! Hallelujah? And now I don't have to go to the RV store, and my mother in law moves into. That extra room, can you say praise the Lord? You know. <laughs> she only lived there for 10 years, though. Oh, no, I am really in trouble. But here's the point. Friend, I share that story to tell you that even when it doesn't seem to make sense, you can trust in God. He is good enough and strong enough to trust with your future can we give god praise amen god is good enough and strong enough lean on him let go say that with me let go let go and let god let go and let god now that brings us to the next word and this next idea is letting go and acknowledging letting go and acknowledging the bible says trust in the lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him Another version says, trust the Lord completely. Don't ever trust yourself in everything you do. Put God first, and he will direct you and crown your efforts with success. In everything you do. Yeah, let's give God praise. That's a powerful word. Uh, Denzel Washington, a couple of years back, he gave a... commencement speech. And this is the thing that he said. He talked about doing the same kind of thing. Watch your screens. This is great. Number one, put God first. Put God first in everything you do. Everything that you think you see in me, everything that I've accomplished, everything that you think I have, and I have a few things, everything that I have is by the grace of God. Understand that. It's a gift. Amen. Isn't that a great word from Denzel? Acknowledging God. Remembering God. Being aware of God. See, God offers us something more than guidance. I want you to catch this. God offers himself to us as a guide. A map is good, but a guide is better. Have you ever had a guide? Dr. Wayne and I last year were over in St. Petersburg, Russia, And you can see that we had a guide. And I am so thankful that we had a guide. Because a guide knows the terrain, a guide knows the territory. If you run into something that's not on the map, the guide knows how to get you through the museum. Without a guide, we might have ended up in the gulag. But instead, we had a guide that helped us to get to where we needed to go. A map is good, but a guide is better. And God offers not just a map. God offers to be our guide. And if we will fellowship with him and be aware of him and practice his presence and enjoy that relationship out of that relationship with the guide will come the guidance that we need God shows us how to take the principles of the map and apply them to our life situations God offers himself as our guide can we give God praise wow our guide isn't that awesome And if we will commit all of our ways to him, all of our ways. I I found this letter that a child had written to God. He said, dear God, if you watch in church on Sunday, I will show you my new shoes. (laughs) Isn't that cute? We know when we come to church, we know God's here. And so we practice his presence here. And we're aware of his presence here. But sometimes what can happen is we can leave God right here in church. And we say, God, we had a great time with you this weekend. We'll be back next weekend. And we'll see you then. And we walk out the doors and we leave our guide here and we live compartmentalized lives. Fragmented lives. But what if you and I decided that today is a new day for us? And when we leave here, we're inviting our guide to go with us. And we're inviting our guide to go with us when we get back to the house. And when we're at work this week. And when we're doing our finances. And when we're at the doctors. And when we're facing a fork in the road. We ask our guide well, to guide us this week. We're aware of his presence. We invite his presence in. The Bible says... That in, listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. And when you invite God into all of your life, you don't compartmentalize him over here or compartmentalize him over there, but you say, God, I want you involved in all of my life. Look at what the Bible says. Commit to the Lord everything you do, then he will make your plans succeed. Can we give God praise for his word? Amen. Commit everything, everything, say that with me, everything, say it again, everything. God, in everything, we let go and we let God. See, I'm letting go. Say that with me. I'm letting go. That's the message for this weekend. As we swing out into life this week, wow, we take that leap of faith and we let go, and we extend our arms, and we wait for his outstretched arms to catch us. That is what trust looks like. And that brings us to the final part in this amazing passage, letting go and directing. Look at what the Bible says about our journey. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart. This is the amplified version. Do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize him. And he will make your path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. What do you need to let go of today? When you're willing to let go and let God and you trust him and you lean On his understanding. And in all your ways, you invite him in. Well, God says that he's going to make sure we get to where we need to go. That if obstacles show up, if rocks show up on that highway, he'll move them out. That if there's a pothole on that freeway, he'll level it out. That if you need a wider route, he'll turn that two lane into a four lane that God will do whatever needs to be done to make sure that you get to where you need to go. The Bible says in their hearts, human beings plan their lives, but the Lord decides where their steps will take them. Can we give God praise for the power of his word? (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) You can walk with an assurance with your shoulders back and your head held high, that God is watching out for you. I I saw this just recently. I took a a trip to the East Coast for a, a meeting on a board for a ministry that I'm a part of. And so I went back to the East Coast and got to Atlanta and got off the plane, met one of the other board members at the hotel, and then we walked around the block It's late. We go to this restaurant to get a bite to eat, and, man, it was one of those restaurants that had that great southern food, and it's not great for your figure, but it's great. You know what I'm talking about. And so we have a great meal, and we talk about vision and ministry, and I'm getting up to leave the restaurant, and the people at the table right next to me, a guy looks at me and says, hey, Pastor Ken. They were from Cathedral of Faith. <laughs> Can you believe that? Cathedral people, we are everywhere. <laughs> uh, you know it's, it was so, it was so much fun. I mean, I always feel I always feel kind of bad when that happens. I, I feel bad for them because I'm thinking, you know what? Here they are having a nice dinner with their family or. You know, you're working out at the gym or you're going to the movies and you're ready for a great time and then in walks the pastor. And, uh, oh boy, here comes the pastor. You know, just when you thought it was safe, here comes the pastor, right? I mean, but you guys are always so gracious and warm and you're always so kind to me. Can we give it up to the cathedral family? It's the best family in all the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So he goes on to tell me that he's out there with his daughter and they're checking out Spelman College, which is in that area by Atlanta. And so I fly back a couple days later. I preach on the weekend. And then after the last service on the weekend, I'm standing at this door and he comes up to me. Isn't that something? We saw each other on the East Coast. And a few days later, we see each other again on the West Coast. What an amazing world. And he goes on to tell me, he said, you know, Pastor Ken, I had really been struggling with the idea of my daughter going that far away to college, the other side of the country. But when I saw you, it was like a divine appointment that God assured me that he was watching out for my daughter and that he was going to take care of her, whether it was on the west coast or even on the east coast, seeing you was God's way of letting me know that he was in charge of my daughter's future. Isn't that great? Wow. So here's the takeaway. Well, when you you trust in God and you lean toward him and you commit everything you do to him, that he is so committed to making sure you get where you need to go. If he has to, he'll send a pastor all the way to the East Coast at the exact time, in the exact place, in the exact restaurant, at the table sitting right next to you to let you know He is at work making sure that all things will work together for good in your life. That's how much God loves you. Woo! Wow. Proverbs has a way of turning a phrase. One Proverbs puts it this way. We may throw the dice, but the Lord determines how they roll. Boy, what a way to live. To let go. Say that with me? Let go and let God. So as our team gets ready to wrap things up with with a powerful moment, I want to ask you a question. Where do you need to let go? What do you need to surrender? What you want, where you want, when you want. Are there worries you need to surrender? Are there decisions you need to surrender? What do you need to let go of today? Some of you need to let go of control. A few months ago, I was getting ready to come out and and preach right before I came out to give the sermon. Someone shared with me, they said, they don't think your mom's going to make it. What do you do in that moment? Maybe you're in one of those moments like that. And so I'm standing right here on the platform getting ready to come out, and I just did this God, I surrender. I surrender control to you. You're in charge. I trust in you. Take care of my mom. What do you need to surrender? Pastor Vaughn and the team are coming to sing a song. And as they sing, I'm going to encourage you to have a moment with God, a letting go moment. You may open your hands like this in your seat and just say God I'm trusting in you your outstretched arms. You may want to stand and say God I'm letting go of this and trusting in your outstretched arms. Or you may even want to take what I would call a surrender walk and you can walk down here and say God I'm trusting in you and your outstretched arms to the arms of the father whatever you'd like to do I encourage you let this moment be a transformational moment as we all let go and let God today
3: No Just applaud the greatness of our God. Yes, sir. Oh, God, we trust you. We trust you, God. We trust you, God. How we, yeah. need you. we thank you, God. We thank you, God. Can we lift our hands together as we sing this?
0: God, oh thank you God that you are working all things together for our good and for your glory, God thank you, Lord you have a future and a hope for us, you know the plans that you have for us plans to prosper us and not to harm us, plans to give us a future and a hope, we trust in you today, not in our dreams but in your dreams what you want, where you want, when you want God we surrender, let go, and let God today, all God's people said, let's give God praise one more time. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.